So the question that was posed is, if I'm trying to build muscle and still lose 20 pounds, do I need to up my protein or keep on calorie restriction? Welcome to the show where we help you make smart nutrition simple. If you want proven nutrition strategies to help you build a better body and create the energy to show up for your family without overly restrictive and unrealistic dieting, then you're in the right place. Make sure to subscribe and enjoy this episode. Welcome, team, to another episode of the BSL Nutrition Coaches Roundtable. Uh, it's a pleasure being here with you guys. Super excited for this conversation. So first Tuesday of every month, we go live here in the Smart Nutrition Made Simple community for a Q&A session, as we call it, Coaches Roundtable, for us to talk about um, various aspects of nutrition, fitness, and lifestyle. And uh, we have a couple questions um, the first and most pressing question, and probably the question that we're going to focus the majority of our conversation on, has to do with losing fat and gaining muscle at the same time. And so let me pose the question, and then I think Coach Joe, you're going to kick things off. So the question that was posed is, if I'm trying to build muscle and still lose 20 pounds, do I need to up my protein or keep on uh, calorie restriction? Coach Joey, what do you have to say about that? The answer to the question is yes. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. But and that the is all she wrote. For the <laughs> all right, round guys, table. Thanks so much, everyone. <laughs> Hope this was helpful. Hire me for coaching. Uh, anyways. No, in all seriousness, uh, the question is, do I need to, if I want to gain muscle and burn body fat, 20 pounds to be specific, do I need to up protein or do I need to reduce calories? And it's not a zero sum game. Uh, the reality is, is anytime we're in a calorie restricted state, we are going to hopefully be burning weight. Now, the key is, are we burning weight or are we burning fat? Because if we're not eating an adequate amount of protein in that calorie restricted state, there's a higher likelihood that we'll lose weight in the form of fat and muscle. So one of the best things, and what I think every coach on this call would recommend to any one of our clients, is to ensure when you're in a calorie deficit that you're eating an adequate amount of protein to make sure that the body is metabolizing body fat, or at least preferentially metabolizing fat over muscle. Now, to get into the nuance of gaining muscle while burning fat, that's a very nuanced question. It gets a little bit more complicated than just eat fewer calories, eat more protein, because then we get into uh, something that I like to refer to as goal conflict. So uh, we want to be very specific on what we're working on. You know, if, if we're trying to lose body fat, uh, ideally we're eating in a calorie restricted state. If we're trying to put on muscle, uh, we might need to be eating in, in a calorie surplus, depending on the individual and and their what stage of the journey that they're in for a, a, a newer individual to to training somebody who potentially has you know a reasonable amount of body fat to lose who maybe hasn't trained a whole lot in the preceding few years or decades there's a strong likelihood that just by the very virtue of training at all eating an adequate amount of protein you're going to start to put on muscle even if you're in a calorie restricted state because the the, the metabolism is going to preferentially want to build muscle at that point 
just given the fact that training will be such a new stimulus to your system. So it's a very nuanced question. And I think I may be rambling a little bit right now, but the reality is that depending on your state of training, you 100% need to be prioritizing eating adequate protein, regardless of if you're in a calorie surplus or a deficit. Yep. No, great takeaway right there. So um, a couple of the big points that I think you hit on is, listen, if we need to determine what specifically it is that we're trying to accomplish, right? Are we, are we actually focused on trying to lose body fat um, and making sure that it is actually body fat loss and not just quote unquote weight loss, because it is possible to be in a deficit and lose body fat and lean muscle tissue if we aren't eating enough protein. And so at the end of the day, regardless of whether it's to lose fat, to gain muscle, we still need to be eating enough protein. And our typical recommendations are along the lines of one gram per pound of ideal body weight, regardless of male or female, that seems to be a generally accepted range for muscle sparing, right? Even in a calorie deficit. So that's um, a great uh, kind of intro into the topic. Kim, Dan, um, what where, what else and how else can we be thinking about this? I totally agree with Joey on, on all terms. I think there's a couple populations that we can see them kind of simultaneously having this happen. Like Joey said, when they're new to training, so newbie gains, you can yep. be in a calorie deficit and put on muscle mass at the same time. Anytime you take long breaks from training. So like personal experience, when I didn't train as hard pregnant and nursing and all of those things, I put on more muscle mass quickly after. Um, so taking breaks, long breaks from training, um, obese populations. So if you are obese, you could be in a calorie deficit and putting on muscle mass at the same time. Both are on steroids. <laughs> totally on steroids. Absolutely. On steroids. You know, the other thing is I see the other population, I see this um, the increase in lean muscle tissue and decrease in body fat, um, is also middle-aged women. So I think there's two scenarios. One is they haven't, like you said, they haven't strength trained in any consistent structured fashion ever. And so they start strength training and they put on a, a good amount of lean muscle tissue. Um, the other is former athletes like you, Kim, who have a really solid, um, musculoskeletal base right? And, and sort of they built that foundation to the degree that whenever they go back to strength training, um, their body, you know, kind of that muscle memory comes back right away and they can put on lean muscle mass. So I do think that there's a period of time where they do have the ability to put on some appreciable muscle mass to lose body fat, which is also really, really confusing for women specifically, um, because so much of their their quote unquote progress is predicated on scale weight. And so they experience tremendous frustration through the process because the scale's not moving, but we know, and especially for our clients, because we do pictures, because we do circumference measurements, because we track progress in the gym, right? Because we track biofeedback responses in terms of hunger, energy, cravings, mood, digestion, libido, cognitive function. We know all of those things improve by virtue of, of packing on more muscle mass and, and losing body fat. So subjectively they're feeling a lot better, but they're still frustrated by the scale when it's really just a matter of the fact that they've actually put on some muscle mass. Um, what else? Yeah. I think outside of those sort of uh, populations, I think that Joey brings up a good point about just looking at energy balance in general and, and sort of what level of energy balance are we referring to? If we extend the deficit too far, then we really impact the possibility of, of, uh, 
maintaining and growing lean tissue regardless of how much protein because we're you know creating a pretty significant deficit if the deficit's pretty small then maybe we give ourselves a little bit more of a favorable opportunity to maintain and grow some lean tissue and lose some body weight but if somebody wants to be you know if somebody's 190 pounds and they want to be 175 lean well that's a different conversation than somebody that wants to be maybe 195 lean uh, and, and potentially gain some some mass in there as well so that changes the way you approach the energy balance conversation with those individuals. And, and that needs to be uh, taken into consideration because somebody can, you know, certainly like, Hey, I'm going to just restrict and drop some, drop some weight and fat tissue and potentially some lean tissue and be relatively leaner at right. that level. Right. And, and the same thing, they can gain five or 10 pounds and still be relatively leaner because they've gained potentially more muscle than they have. Uh, fat tissue. So, you know, that's a big part of it as well. Dan, you hit the nail on the head with the energy balance of understanding for people. It's like, uh, you don't have to significantly under eat to facilitate the weight loss process. It really does come down to energy expenditure and energy intake and this, this, this energy balance equation to the degree that we could be in a slight calorie deficit, but we also could be significantly ramping up our physical activities as a means to, to find that that calorie deficit to just simply be expending more calories than we're consuming uh, versus significantly under eating, like I said, which is a great opportunity for people to be able to eat more food, but simply leverage more physical activity to facilitate the fat loss process. And while that might be a process that takes longer for a certain person, it's also something that could really be more enjoyable, be enjoyable, be more sustainable long-term. So I think we've we've provided a really nice uh, base, uh, I, I concept idea, conceptual idea around the fact that, listen, if we're trying to lose body fat, we need to be focused on specific fat loss, which really does come down to creating a calorie deficit, whether we're exercising more and or eating less, usually some combination of the two. If we're trying to pack on muscle tissue, we really generally do need to be in some level of a caloric surplus to really do justice to the process, especially for anyone that's been training for any considerable period of time. Do you have the opportunity to do both under certain conditions for a certain amount of time? Yes, possibly. Is it significant for most people? No. And so it's much better for us. And the way that we do this through our coaching program is to really think about nutrition seasons. Would one of you guys be willing to kind of talk through how we would structure this process if we're looking over a long time horizon for someone that wants to both lose body fat and gain muscle mass. Hey friends, quick pause in this episode for an exciting announcement. I'm thrilled to let you know that we've officially partnered with Fullscript to create our own very high-end quality supplement store. Fullscript is the number one online dispensary for professional grade supplements. Now, as you probably have realized, the internet is the Wild West when it comes to supplements, and it's tough to find many of the best products from a reliable source and at an affordable price. I've heard many stories of people ordering something off Amazon and receive something completely different in the bottle, which can actually be quite dangerous when it comes to nutritional supplements. And so in the BSL Nutrition Fullscript Dispensary, we've hand-selected a few dozen of our personal favorites, and we've broken them into easily searchable categories, including Ben's favorites. Now, the best part of this situation is that due to the buying power of groups, we're able to get you a 15% off 
retail pricing on the entire catalog of professional products in our shop. These are brands like Designs for Health, Biotics, Research, Biobotanical Research, Microbiome Labs, Seeking Health, and more. So just click on the Join BSL Nutrition Supplement Shop in the show notes to create your free account and place your first order. Orders over $50 receive free shipping on top of our 15% discount on everything. And just so you know, the criteria we use to determine what went into the shop is, is the product something we would recommend and or take ourselves and give to our kids? Is the product of the highest quality? And can we provide a lower cost than is available anywhere else on the web? Now, we sincerely hope this helps you save money and acquire the highest quality products for you and your family. And let's get back to the show. Yeah, I can feel that. So the nutritional seasons are paramount in this for anybody, regardless of the stage you're coming at this program in or any program for that matter, and, and understanding that this doesn't need to be done in perpetuity. The diet, for instance, doesn't need to be done in perpetuity. So the way that we would break things down here in this coaching program, we would categorize it as in, into four separate seasons, as we would call it. So season one might be a diet phase. You know, For instance, your garden variety individual coming into the program untrained uh, has been gaining body fat for years and years. Maybe they're in their 40s. They've been putting on weight for the past 15 years. They have 40 pounds to lose. Well, they might be in a prolonged diet phase, a, a season of dieting for a number of months, maybe even a half a year to a year to, to get that initial hurdle of fat loss off. Uh, but they they can't be dieting in perpetuity. There has to be periods of another season that we would refer to as maintenance. So maintenance could be uh, it could be a prolonged period. It could be a short period, depending on the individual's needs. For instance, somebody has a Christmas vacation where they're going to be over visiting family for two weeks over the Christmas break. Well, that might be a great opportunity to pull that individual out of their dieting phase into a season of maintenance where they're eating a little bit more and potentially still trying to move a lot, still active, but giving themselves a little bit of a break so that they can enjoy their time and not feel like they need to be in this psychological state of dieting when everybody else around them is, is partying. Uh, from there, maybe we get to a season where we have lost the weight. We're in good shape now. We, we are lower in body fat than we've been in years and years. And now we want to perform. Well, this would be a good opportunity to go back to the original essence of the question about like gaining muscle. Well, performance season. So we've gone from diet to maintenance to performance now. A performance season might be a season where you are eating more and you are training more. And, and by virtue of that, you're trying to pack on muscle, you're trying to work harder, but you're leveraging additional calories for that purpose. And a really key point I want to make here on this season is that, and Ben, you taught me this a, a number of years ago when you were educating me on these uh, variables. If you can get yourself successfully through a dieting season and, and, and get leaner, when you go into a pre performance season and you're eating more calories, you will have built a metabolism that will more preferentially shuttle those calories off to build more muscle than it would be to shuttle those calories off to store as body fat. So this is a really important point. You don't want to just go into a performance phase when you're already carrying 40 or 50 pounds of body fat, because the extra calories would more than likely be stored as more body fat than more muscle right. at that time. So maybe we go through a performance phase and we do whatever we want to do. We, we hit a certain bench PR, we run a certain amount of distance in a race or half marathon or something like that. And now, you know what, it's been a year of dieting, maintenance, performance, and we just need a break. You know, maybe now it's spring break and I have a week with my family 
And I just want to say, screw it for a week. And I'm going to be in what I would call an off season. And an off season would be eat more, train less. Now that's obviously suboptimal. And we still want to have some degree of auto-regulation during that period. But the reality is, is hopefully by going through a dieting, a maintenance and a performance season and getting to a point where we deserve an off season, even if it's just for a week or two, we've established some behaviors foundationally that are going to allow that off season to still be productive. We're still going to do things like prioritize protein with our meals. We'll probably still generally have some movement built into our day because we've just learned to be an active person through this journey. We'll probably understand how much alcohol we should be consuming to to not go off the rails. And, And at the end of it, we've walked through this four season cycle that we then can repeat in perpetuity for as long as we want. Yeah, most definitely. And, and I think the cool part is, is understanding the undulating aspects of this dieting process and exercise process and how we really parlay the components together to fit the demands of your lifestyle. So it doesn't always have to be dieting, maintenance, performance, you know, off season, um, it, it very well can be, you know, like Joey said, a dieting phase. And then, you know, maybe we go directly into performance or a muscle building phase, and maybe we sprinkle in little dieting phases throughout that, or maybe we need a little bit of a maintenance phase in the middle of a muscle building or performance phase. There's no right or wrong way other than as Joey stipulated, it's like the end of the day, if we are going to plan on going into a calorie surplus, if we are going to focus on intentionally trying to put on muscle mass and intentionally eat in a surplus, we really do want to be as lean as we possibly can be prior to that muscle building phase so that we can really prime our system and be as insulin sensitive and be as glucose sensitive and be as almost metabolically efficient as possible to be able to leverage all of the food that we're going to be and need to be consuming uh, to be able to utilize all of that food as fuel and not store it as body fat. Um, Coach Kim, what do you see and how do you think about the seasons as it pertains to our typical clientele? Like, like what's usually the time when we would do more dieting specific stuff? What are usually the times when people need a bit of a reprieve or more, maybe more maintenance or maybe a, a you know, a deload or an off season versus a muscle building phase? Yeah, I think definitely we would see more maintenance around the holidays. So November, December, when we're engaging in more social activities and more parties, and you could really push it and go for some fat loss phases when kids go back to school, the beginning of the the calendar year in January, when people are really motivated to lose body fat. Um, I think you know, a, a muscle building phase or performance phase kind of depends on the individual person and what they have planned and, and what they're looking for. Yeah, most definitely. I think that um, what we typically see uh, is usually over the first six months to a year, people are in various stages of dieting and maintenance, especially if you have any considerable amount of body fat to lose is it's perfectly reasonable to take an entire year to lose that body fat. And oftentimes, listen, it takes more than that, depending on where someone's coming from. And so it's really important for us to be very matter of fact and straightforward and help our clients understand what the roadmap looks like for them. Under no, in in no way, shape or form, are we promising quick fix results. 
Like we're simply, there's very few people for whom, at least clients that we work with, for whom a 30-day or even a 90-day dieting program is going to suffice in terms of helping them lose the body fat and teaching them the, the tools and skills and behaviors and really infusing the behaviors that they need to be able to keep it off. And so the most important thing that we focus on is one, being very clear and matter of fact with our clients around what the roadmap looks like, exactly how long it's likely going to take um, and being very transparent about that so that psychologically speaking, they can do their diligence and understand that and have realistic expectations in place. And then from there is we can work together and communicate together to help focus on kind of the low hanging fruit of saying, how do we implement a realistic diet? How do we help them manage and, and mitigate their calorie intake and help them add in a reasonable uh, amount of physical activity in ways that work best for them? And then how do we slowly progress uh, from one week to the next throughout the entirety of the coaching program to the point where then usually uh, in our experience, after the first year or so, they've usually they're they're usually much more equipped uh, with the tools. Um, they have more reasonable expectations about the process. They have full confidence and clarity, and much more autonomy around the decisions that they make. And now they're in a beautiful position to kind of really see the big picture and see, okay, this is sort of this ongoing process. Right. And while I'm happy with the results that I have, now I'm in a position where I just want to continue to move the goalposts. Right. I know I'm capable of much more than I originally thought. And either I've, I've, I've almost hit my goals. I've, I've already hit my goals. I far exceeded the goals that I thought I had. And now's where we're looking at the next year, the next two years, the next five years down the road of like, how do we paint that picture for them? And I think that's really important to understand for those of you listening is that this goes so far above and beyond just like this short term, I need to lose 20 pounds. Those are not the right questions to be asking. The right questions are how do we, how do we lose it, keep it off, and then continue to make progress from there. Uh, so let's see, anything else that perhaps I'm forgetting? Yeah, I was going to add real quick that, you know, I think as we talk through the seasons, I think it's important to link back the the how we garnish data to do that, to understand when when you know when when you use the word fat loss, most people are thinking like restriction. Okay, well, I'm just gonna I'm gonna eat less or I'm gonna do more. Well, what does that actually mean to eat less? Like how much less? You know, what kind of a deficit are you create, creating? Or if we're going into a muscle building phase, like what does that look like? Do I eat 500 calories more, a thousand calories more, two thousand calories more? Like what does that actually mean? And if you're not garnishing the data, you're really just flipping a coin and, and making uh, some assumptions, big assumptions on where you should be. And then you really may not be optimizing the results wherever, whatever season you're in, because you're not necessarily, you know, uh, garnishing that data into that yes. uh, microscopic level. I think that's yes. important too. So important. And, and that's where, we, you know, we have this three-pronged approach to our processes. Listen, we leverage the science of data collection the psychology, behavior change, and the art of coaching. And all of those have equal importance through this process, right? But one of the biggest problems that I think people experience with their weight loss journey, with their muscle building journey is, is oftentimes they don't know what 
metrics to look at that are actually indicative of progress one way or the other. Oftentimes, it's just relegated to scale weight, which we established is not a good tool, big picture, right? Instead of perhaps circumference measurements, DEXA scans, maybe an in-body pictures, right? And, And so oftentimes, they're lost in limbo, right? To the degree that they will go into what they um, think is a calorie deficit for a period of time. But the second they start to get miserable or the second they start to see a plateau or stagnation, they're like, screw it. It's quote unquote, not working. I'm just going to go back to eating more or screw it. I'll just go ahead and go into a bulk now. And then they go the other direction, start eating more, start training harder. Uh, But again, we'll see a plateau or then feel like they're just starting to get fat. They don't know that they're putting on appreciable muscle mass and they won't do justice to the actual bulk, understanding that you're going to put on fat mass, right? And then they'll say, screw it. I'm getting too fat. I'm uncomfortable. And they will not have done justice to the process. That is why it's so important to have timelines, to have seasons, to have data and metrics that we are looking at that are going to determine progress that we're making or progress that we're not making. And therefore on our end as coaches, how to manipulate the variables to start to make the changes that are in the best interest of the clients. So um, great point, Coach Dan. You guys uh, are awesome. That was a fantastic conversation. Uh, Hopefully that was helpful for you guys understanding what we look at and how we think about losing fat, gaining muscle, calorie deficit, calorie surplus, uh, eating enough protein regardless. And um, hopefully you can take that run with it. If you need any help, have any questions, you know where to find us. And uh, thanks so much for taking the time to tune in. We will catch you guys in the next Coaches Roundtable. Have a great day. Thank you so much for listening. And if you found this content valuable, here are four ways I can help you in your nutrition journey for free. One, grab a free copy of my Fat Loss Fix Guide at fatlossfixguide.com. Two, join my free group at smartnutritionmadesimple.com. Three, Subscribe to my YouTube channel at smartnutritionmadesimpletv.com. Four, leave a five-star rating and positive review so that we can gain access to more nutrition experts ready to share their knowledge with you and ultimately help more people make smart nutrition simple.